Hello and welcome back to Here So We Don't Get Fine. My name is David. My name is Thomas. That's my line. Uh, no, your line is I introduce across, you every week. Every across pop. from me is my ho- co-host, yeah. Thomas. My line is, I am Thomas. What? You, you, you never say that. Well, I just did, didn't Why are you I? just cutting into my intro like that? Uh, to make it exciting. That's fair. I do the same thing every time. Gotta spice it up every time. I never, I never speak, so. That is not true. I never speak during the intro, my guy. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to mix it up a little bit. Give a little pizzazz. Yeah, the same thing every time is not fun. You're right. I mean, it depends on what that same thing is. Like, if it's the Steelers winning football every week, that's pretty fun. If it's the Preds winning hockey every game, that's pretty fun. That's definitely not happening. I'm just saying. Sometimes the same thing is very fun. Although, you know, it does happen when we play a real bad Vancouver team. But we'll get to that uh, in a a later pod. Uh, Before that, Thomas is going to attempt to... uh, Get in on my hot streak, which I'm currently on now. I don't think it's a hot streak if you've won one week. Any in a row is a streak, my guy. Okay, well, the streak is about the flip. Uh, I should warn our viewers that these hints are not great. I forgot that I had homework until, like, five minutes ago, so I, I made haste with finding these hints. Are you ready? Honestly, I don't know, but I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Okay, hit number one. This baseball team... Alright, I lost. ...lost 110 games their first season. Yikes. The Seattle Mariners. No. I know they were real bad for a long time. They were real bad. This team was also real bad. This team was so bad, as a matter of fact, that your second hit is that this team finished last in their division the first five years they existed, which resulted in their owner threatening to move the young team to D.C. <laughs> Golly. Um, and there's a little caveat there, because if they were being threatened to move to D.C., they... That means they're not in D.C., which means it's not Washington. I mean, unless it is, and I'm just trying to throw that's, you off a little. No, that's exactly what you would do to try to get me to, to pick Washington. Uh, a team that started off very poorly. Let me go with the Oakland Athletics. No, no, but that's not a bad guess. Well, yeah, because I'm smart. Okay, hint number three. This one's recent. Okay. During the COVID-shortened year, okay, this team got their first playoff series win since 1998. Hmm. Interesting. The next hint is also some recency okay so first playoff series win since 19 what 98 98 mm-hmm. uh so we can eliminate off the bat quite a few teams yeah um series win yeah. not yeah, 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 playoff yeah, yeah, appearance yeah. yeah i got you um man i know the braves were on snide for a while uh yeah Give me the Atlanta Braves. That is incorrect. All right. In 2021, this team finished under 500. So in 2020, they made the playoffs and they finished under 500 in 2021. Yep. It's not Seattle. Or yes, Seattle anyway. Yeah. Um. Ooh. Ooh. The Tampa Bay Rays. No. 
your last hint. In 1978, this team had a pitcher win the Cy Young, which was ironic because this pitcher was 39 years old when he won the Cy Young. Why is that ironic? Because it's called the Cy Young. It's named after a pitcher. No, I know, named but Cy Young. No, I know, but it, like he wasn't young, and he won the Cy Young. What year was this? 1978. How the heck am I supposed to know that? I don't know, man. I thought you like would know. Would you like his name? Yes. Would that help you? Probably not. <laughs> but give it to me anyway. Uh, his name was Perry. Perry? Yep. Perry what? Oh, Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry. Yep. I can honestly say that does not help me even a little bit. Not even going to throw a stab at it. Oh, I'm going to throw a stab at it. All right, all right. Um, I'm just trying to think of, like, teams that made it to the playoffs in 2020. Like, that's where I'm stuck at and then finished under 500 the following year. Um, I already guessed the A's. It's not the Guardians because they won the World Series. They went to the World Series in 2016. Uh, it's not the Cubs. They won the World Series in 2016. Did they? Yeah, in 2016. No, I know. We we, okay. we were both there for that. Uh, it's definitely not the Yankees. It's definitely not the Red Sox. It's definitely. I thought it was the Rays. I was convinced. I was convinced it was the Rays. But I don't think they won a playoff series, actually, that year. So, never mind. Um, definitely not the Rays. I I don't think the Blue Jays won a uh, playoff series in 2020. And I definitely don't think they finished sub-500 the year after. It's not the Orioles. The Orioles have always sucked. They didn't when they had Cal Rep, Cal Ripken. I mean, Junior. There's there's a caveat in every definitive statement. Um, Notably better than Chipper Jones. Uh, that's them's fighting words around these parts, buddy. Them's fighting words. Not for me. Like I'm not a Braves fan, but be careful. Oh man. I'm, 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 this is not great content do you think, because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking. Do you think that it, we um, could trigger a fan base every podcast? Oh, probably. Chipper Jones was mid. Uh, <laughs> dude, around here, people consider Chipper Jones one of the greatest hitters of all time. Uh, I would well, really be careful. I consider him one of the middest hitters of all time. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, man, I am so stuck. Um, you're doing a great job. I I don't think it was the Phillies. I don't think the Phillies won a playoff series. It was the COVID year, right? I think yep. the Nationals won in 2019. Yep. Um, man, it's definitely not the Dodgers. Is it the? Is it the Dodgers? Is that your final guess? No. But I know the Dodgers, like, one of their things, like, oh, they're the best team in baseball, but when it comes to the playoffs, they suck. Uh, And then they finally won the World Series. Um, All right, that's, I don't know, man. Final guess, Dodgers. That is right. 
I'm I'm just kidding. I it's you. the Padres. I hate you, dude. Bro. You're the worst. Uh actually you're the worst. That's why you didn't get it right. You're the worst. I shown up two hours late like it's nothing. I'm the worst. At transitions. Let my god down cause you still love me. Well listen. I think we have some football to get into. All right. Is that okay with you? Or would you like to keep singing? Well, so here's a question that I have for you. Okay. Do you think it's possible that something you say can trigger a song in my head every single week or every single podcast? Honestly, dude, I think it's, I don't think it's possible for that to not happen. I mean, that's fair. That's very fair. Uh, you know what else I didn't think was possible? What is that? The Jets beating the Bills. Man, I could not agree more. That was, I mean, legitimately one of the most mind-boggling things. That was one of the worst performances we've ever seen Josh Allen put on. Literally, Josh Allen's rookie year, he's not accurate. He's not good enough to be a quarterback. His second year. Makes incredible plays. His accuracy jump, jumps from like 50-some percent to like 64%. And then every single year, we have seen Josh Allen get better and better and better. And then this game, man, he looked like rookie Josh Allen again. And it did not look good. Yeah, let me tell you, though, his rushing stats, if he was a running back, it would be a really good game. Nine carries, 86 yards, two touchdowns. But he is a quarterback. Yeah. And when you add that to his 18 for 34, so just barely above 50%. Yeah. 205 yards, not bad. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah. Uh, That's not what you're hoping for from your franchise quarterback in a big game. i got to be honest. It's really shocking to me that this team didn't play Naheem Hines more. They just got Naheem Hines in a trade, uh, and all they did was use him for punt returns. Like... Josh Allen led your team in rushing, and you just you just traded for a really really good running back like Naeem Hines. You know, wouldn't be an RB one in a lot of places, but he could be an RB one in some places. And they didn't use him at all except for a couple of punt returns, and that is really crazy to uh, me. He had one punt return and one target. Yeah, I just I don't get it, man. I'm a big I'm a big Naeem Hines fan. I just don't get why you give up stuff. I mean, I guess they didn't really give up much, but like you... I mean, anything is something. Yeah, you give something up to bring this player in, showing this player that you want him, and you don't use him at all. The only thing I can really, I guess, like write it off as is the fact that maybe, oh, I don't know, he like he's new, he doesn't know the playbook yet, um, something like that. But honestly, I don't know, man. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense to me that they would have not played him, but um, the whole team didn't look great. Devin Singletary did not have a good night. Josh Allen, uh, barely above barely above 50% accurate. Um, it did not, did not look like a good performance on any side of the football for the Buffalo Bills. Right, uh, and it looked like a really good football for the Jets, which is not what we were expecting at all. Buffalo's rushing game wasn't there. The Jets was. 
Buffalo's passing game wasn't there, the Jets was. Buffalo's defense wasn't there, and the Jets was. The Jets, I mean, that's a statement game right there for a team. Especially after coming off a disappointing loss last week uh, to New England. Yeah. Which, like, they didn't look good at all. This team that is 5-2, and two, everyone's like, oh, are they good? Are they not? They're buzzing. They're um, buzzing. And then mm-hmm. absolutely get demolished by the New England Patriots. Uh, this was very much, I think, a statement win to come out and say, hey, that was an off game. We are still here. We are still a good team. And to do it, we'll take out who a lot of people consider to be the best team in the National Football League. Yeah, and I mean, they did only lose by five to the Patriots, but that was a game that they blew. I mean, uh, this one, they were able to claw back and, you know, pull out the win. And it's a big game for Sala. Zach Wilson and a lot of that young core that makes up this Jets team, especially after losing Brees Hall for the season. Yeah. Uh, You bring in James Robinson, who didn't have the game you were quite hoping for, but that's okay when Michael Carter is playing like an RB1. Yeah, dude. Michael Carter played really, really well. Um, I I was impressed. I was impressed by this uh, New York Jets team. Garrett Wilson, too. Eight catches for 92 yards. Looked really good out there. Um, Yeah, man. I... I was impressed with this Jets team. I I was shocked. This was not the most shocking game of the week, mm-hmm. but definitely a shocking, shocking game. When I saw pull up on my phone, uh, Bills lose to the Jets. I was like, um, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, yeah, this isn't real. There was a couple of those, dude. A couple yeah. of these games this week where they just did not go the way that we were hoping they would, and I think everyone probably can keep up with the fact that we did not do so hot in our pickums this this week but that's a conversation for later yeah yep 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 uh uh, but keeping up with games that did not go the way we expected the uh green bay packers are broken man i don't know what's wrong with the green bay packers i think losing Devonte adams had way more of an impact on this team than we thought it would. Yeah. And really that it should. Like, yes, Devontae Adams is good, but he doesn't catch 300 yards a game. So the other people that Aaron Rodgers is throwing to are still in Green Bay. And they have some young guys. They have Romeo Dobbs. They have Alan Lazard. They have um, Bob Tunyon. So why in the world is this offense looking so freaking bad? I have no idea, but uh, it's... It's bad, and it starts with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers played a terrible game, 23 of 43 for 291 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. I got a question. I have an answer. It sounds like an... It's it's going to sound bad. It's going to sound like an overreaction. Should they put in Jordan Love? No. I, I, I don't think Jordan Love's good. I don't think... But, like, don't you owe it to yourself to see if there is something there? Well, so, with... Especially, like, like I love Aaron Rodgers. But this year hasn't... I mean, he's looking... Like, coming from a Steelers fan, he's looking like Ben did last year. I So, here's my thing. Okay. Um, this has been such a weird NFL season. Mm-hmm. Three and six does not mean you're out of the playoffs. Okay, but I feel like last year, if your team threw nine games, three and six, you're done. This year, being how weird it is, 
three and six does not mean you're out of the playoffs. If you turn it on, if you get a healthy David Bakhtiari finally back, if you can put some stuff on, if Aaron Rodgers finally does another ayahuasca trip and comes back playing well, like whatever, then you still have a real shot at making the playoffs and making a run. Uh, I don't think this team is dead, and I think if you put in Jordan Love, you're basically saying this team is dead. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, Romeo Dobbs is going to be out four to six weeks, so that wide receiver room takes a hit that they really couldn't afford to take and was already struggling. There's no reason to think that this team's going to get better, especially with Rashawn Gary being out for the season with the torn ACL. I think this team might be dead in the water. I don't know, man. I just... I think Tom, not Tom Brady, I think Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys who um, it's too good to count out, really, ever. Uh, Until they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, I'm not going to count out Aaron Rodgers. He's one of those guys, he does things that shouldn't be possible, uh, but he does them anyway. And Mm -hmm. so I just don't think Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy that you should just count out until it's literally not possible for them to make a run. I just, I don't, like, I mean, they lost to a Lions team, which, like, while the Lions have been better than we've seen in the last, like, 10 years, they lost to a Lions team that recently recommitted on selling and rebuilding by trading away TJ Hawkinson. No, again, I'm not necessarily saying that they are going to make a run. Kind of feels like you're saying that they're uh, they're for real. I'm not necessarily saying they are going to make a run. I'm simply saying um, I wouldn't count them out yet. Right. No, I mean, that's fair. I I don't know a Packers fan, though, that's not hitting, smashing the panic button. I don't know a Packers fan who still has optimism in this team. I mean... You want to talk about a running game that either carries them or sinks them. Like, Green Bay has what should be the best running back committee in the entire league. In Aaron Jones' defense, he did get hurt. Okay, yeah, but he was averaging 2.8 yards a carry before that. Well, we've seen halves where Derrick Henry is averaging 1.3 yards per carry, and then okay, but here's the the game with 285 yards. Here's the difference, though. Derrick Henry has the ability to just carry four or five defenders down the field Aaron Jones is not that guy yeah but Aaron Jones has the shiftiness to make four or five guys miss down the field yeah but they are they are not the same I just I I don't I don't think nine carries is enough for like yeah nine bad carries but he missed the majority of the game no I mean that's that is come back and played well he could have a couple big runs he could have he could have I just I don't know I agree it looks bad it looks very, very bad. And ultimately, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Not if they keep playing like this. I'm just saying I wouldn't count them out. Hey, that is reasonable. I personally am ready to count them out. Especially with Minnesota bringing in the previously mentioned TJ Hawkinson. I think that that makes that team just all the more crazy terrifying. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think the worst part about this game, though, is not necessarily that um, offensively, Green Bay didn't play well, but also considering that like Detroit had a bad game, yeah, and they still were able to beat you by six points. Like Jared Goff was fourteen of twenty six for one hundred and thirty seven yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. 
Jamal Williams averaged 3.4 yards a carry with 81 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown only had four catches for 55 yards. Like, this offense... Well, Amon Ross St. Brown got hurt, too. I'll see. Now, I didn't know that. But, like, this offense didn't exactly put up one heck of a game. It didn't. It didn't. And we've seen this Detroit offense be a high-flying, high-profile, high-octane unit. Yeah. But that makes it even worse, I think, as you lost to a Detroit team that didn't perform at their best the best that we've seen them perform even in losses this year like to me that's even that's that's concerning i do think it gives a little um hope in the defense of the green bay packers well um considering like defensively they haven't been great this season and they were able to stop what has been a pretty efficient offense for the majority of the season well defensively they fired two assistants apparently did something uh, defensive back and defensive line. Well, apparently it did something because this week defense played well against a, a, again a, a team that's been um, pretty good offensively for the vast majority of the year, with the exception of a couple games. I, I mean that's true. That's true. They have been pretty good, uh, with the exception of you know a couple games. But I mean that statement to me that makes me think of a different team. That makes me think of Cincinnati. What about Cincinnati? I mean, they're a really good team, minus those two games, you know, started out the season. I mean, even though they're 5-4, and four, I mean, that's a bit deceptive, you know? I do agree. I think Cincinnati has been really, really good in the last couple of uh, games. Not the last couple of games, but really good since they started 0-2. Uh, since starting 0-2, they are 5-2, and two, which is a really good... That's like a pretty uh, good turnaround, I really think. Really good yeah. bounce back. Uh, and, man... Did that team look fantastic? There is on so much to talk about from this game alone. Is there? Yeah. Or is it just Joe Mixon? I mean, Baker Mayfield did not have a bad game after coming in for PJ Walker after he got hurt. Yeah, for sure. I and mean, I, if Baker, like, this was the best game Baker's played all season. Yeah, and I wrote that down too. PJ Walker starts off terribly, three of ten for nine yards and two, two interceptions, His three Q- completions. Two interceptions. Can you guess what his QBR was? Uh, I'm going to guess 0.0. That was his rating. Oh, yeah. 2.6. 2.6. That, I, that is bad. Yeah, man. Uh, P.J. Walker ha- was having an abysmal night. And so coming out of half, Baker Mayfield comes in. And like you said, plays, I mean, one of the better games. Definitely the best game he's played as a Carolina Panther, but one of the best games he's played in the last few years. He was 14-20 for 155 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Attempting to make Carolina look like maybe they wanted to come back in this game, they did not uh, because of one guy by the name of Joseph Mixon. Lorraine Mixon. Lorraine? Is that his middle name? That's my assumption. What you you said that so confidently? I do not know his middle name, but uh, I do know that I'll call him whatever he wants to be called because he had 22 carries for 153 yards. That's pretty good. That's an average of seven yards per carry and four count them four rushing touchdowns. And let's just top it off with four catches for 58 yards and a receiving touchdown. Fantasy people must have been really happy about that. Unless you were playing the person who had Joe Mixon and he scored 65 points against you. You're speaking from personal experience there. A little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. 
65 fantasy points, man. Which, like, fair enough. Yeah, but let me tell you something. A lot of people were really expecting the Cincinnati offense to take a step back this week. Uh, first week without Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase being out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain, I believe. And even though they have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, like, it's very, like the Bengals became a different team when Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase yeah. A lot of us made fun of them for not taking a lineman. Yeah. Specifically, Penne Sewell. Yeah, that. English. Yeah, that one. Uh, who falls to Detroit in a steal of a pick. But uh, this offense can move the ball even when uh, Chase is not on the field. And while Joe Mixon stole the show, like, let's not discount Joey Burrow. Yeah. Joey Cool. Uh, 22, 28, 206, and one touchdown. That's a pretty good day for someone missing their favorite target, especially. Yeah. No, I agree, man. Uh, Joe Burrow had a good game. Joe Mixon had a stellar game. And I think last week, after a bad loss, a lot of people were like, what are they going to do without Joe, uh, Jamar Chase? Yeah. This shows us that this team can't play without Jamar Chase. Oh, this. what is this offense without Jamar Chase? It's nothing. And this week, they responded. They responded yeah. in a massive, massive way with, like you said, a huge game from Joe Burrow. And then, obviously, Joe Mixon stepping up, uh, becoming the running back that I always knew he was. I think this was a big game for the Panthers, though, too. Uh, it's, I mean, sure, as we said earlier, a huge game for Baker Mayfield. And while P.J. Walker is starting the next game, it is very, it's comforting for Panthers fans to see that, hey, that potential that we saw from Baker, it's still there. Yeah. It's still there. And there was – this is – correct me if I'm mistaken, but this is the first time we've seen Baker play since they traded Robbie Anderson. I do believe that's right. I think he was uh, hurt. And that was very no, – that was a notable friction before Baker even got there. Yeah, I think he was hurt. Uh, so Baker played pretty good. Uh, Deontay Foreman did not play pretty good. No. Uh, Panthers did not have Chubba Hubbard. After trading McCaffrey, it looks like it's going to be a 1A, 1B situation. So to lose your 1B, especially when you have two running backs of such uh, opposite running styles. Is Chubba Hubbard 1B or 1A? I, okay, so this is going to sound really insane. I think Chubba Hubbard should be 1A. I mean, I agree. Uh, I don't think that's insane. Dante Foreman wasn't even on a team. Before they traded for uh, Christian McCaffrey. What? Deontay Foreman wasn't even on a team before they traded for McCaffrey. They yeah, signed he him. He, he was he was signed to Carolina this offseason. Wasn't he on the practice squad, though? Like, mm-hmm. what? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the point is, is, like, we've seen these monster games from Deontay Foreman. But we've also seen these games. And you don't know what you're getting. You're either getting an elite performance... Or 23 yards on seven carries. I, I think with Deontay Foreman, what it is, is um, what it comes down to. Like, when you look at his career as a whole and games he has started as a whole, Deontay Foreman, uh, or the, the big games that you talk about, are the anomaly, not the rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like Deontay Foreman, while a fine backup, you can call him a 1B if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is. He is much better as a compliment. 
complement as opposed to your 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 number one guy. So I, I agree with you 100%. I think Chuba Hubbard should be number one. Yeah, and then on the receiving side, uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. Who? Uh, he played for LSU the year that Joey Burrow was drafted. Uh, and he was kind of overshadowed, but he landed in Carolina where a lot of people were hoping for big things. They were like, this is a good uh, fit for him. It just hasn't come about, though. Uh, he gets a, he has the, probably the biggest game of his career so far. Just three receptions, but 53 yards and a touchdown on six targets. That is a good way to replace a production hole in, in the receiving room following Robbie Anderson's departure. Yeah. And if they can keep getting production like this out of him, that is a great hidden uh, gem that the Panthers have stumbled upon in their own facility. Yeah, if they can get it out of him, that's the key thing. Because um, similar to Deontay Foreman, this season DJ Moore has seemed to be very hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, and more miss than hit. Uh, and this game, obviously one of those uh, as well. So I think, uh, yeah, if they can get something out of this guy, which I hope they do, um, I'm I'm a big Baker fan, personally. So I hope they do. I hope Baker can play well because he played really, really well in this game and he seemed to like throwing the ball to this Marshall Jr. fella. Yeah, and uh, they, DJ Moore is a player they need to get out of there. You need to trade him be, while he's still worth something. Yeah, Because I agree. Uh, if you keep up this production, you're just watching. The, like DJ Moore is like a sports car. And what I mean by that is, one, you can't drive a sports car like it's a Prius. Two... Every day you have him after drafting him, with this, especially with this production, his value is going down. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's terrible asset management on the Panthers' part. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I agree. Uh, but they are not, they're probably not the worst franchise when it comes to asset management. Any guesses as to who the worst franchise in the league is at asset management? If it's who I think you're going to say, then you're only saying it to get at me because it's not even remotely true. I mean, I'm just saying... Literally name more than five players. More than three players. More than Andrew Luck. On what? What am I naming? Like Poorly bad... managed assets. Philip Rivers, Carson Lentz, Matt Ryan, Jacoby Brissett, Sam Ellinger. How? How were they poorly managed? The fact that they were managed... What? Yeah, you heard me. This Indianapolis Colts team has done a fantastic job at ignoring the most crucial position to lock down in all of sports. No, 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 no. No. Don't sit. You're literally doing this just to mess with me, but I'm going to get on my soapbox anyway. Andrew Luck, we had him. Yeah. We had Peyton Manning. And then there was no okay? offensive line. We had Peyton Manning. I get it. We had Andrew Luck. We had him. And then, yes, I agree with you. That asset was poorly managed. And so you know what? Chris Ballard comes into play. We get rid of our other guy, Ryan Grigson. Chris Ballard comes into play. And wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. We have a heck of an offensive line. But unfortunately, it's too little too late. So we don't have a good enough draft pick to pick a good quarterback. So we bring in Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers, who has a heck of a season uh, and plays really, really well, taking us to the playoffs with 11 wins and putting up a phenomenal performance. Our defense just couldn't hang on. That wasn't... He wasn't poorly managed even remotely. He had a great, great year and had a really good chance at taking us pretty far in the playoffs if our defense didn't absolutely fall apart in the first round. Now, uh, he retired. Not poorly managed. He retired. He chose to not play football anymore. Okay, but he... Okay, and then 
And then we bring in uh, Carson Wentz. And Two springs. I, like, Carson Wentz is only a couple years removed from having an MVP level season had he not gotten hurt. I don't think he was poorly managed at all. I think he came over, didn't play nearly as well as we wanted him to, played like absolute garbage. Yeah. Not because uh, he was poorly managed, but because he's a bad quarterback. Played like absolute garbage in the only game we needed him to play well in. Okay. And we missed the playoffs. Okay. And then we bring in a guy who's literally played MVP football, who last season had a great season, who no one could have predicted. No one could have predicted that he was going to lead the league in turnovers two weeks after he stopped playing the position of quarterback. Listen, I'm just saying... How was that poorly managed? Uh, you guys could have done more to get him better weapons outside of JT. He's got Michael Pittman, who was a 1,100-yard receiver last year. He's got Michael Pittman, who you have said that you. He's don't got Alec in Pierce, anymore. who he has found great, who he had found great connection with, and made big plays. I'm just saying, are you like genuine question here? Just genuine question. Yeah. Are you happy with the way this Colts team has been managed in the last four years? Uh, not particularly, but that's not, uh, saying like, well, okay, no, yes, I am at most things, but the quarterback, but, but that's like the most important thing. I agree. But that like, when you say like, we didn't poorly manage the asset of Matt Ryan, we didn't poorly manage the asset of Carson Wentz. We, I guess you could say poorly managed the position of quarterback in the sense that we didn't get a guy who was going to be long-term. Okay. But we didn't poorly manage any of them individually outside of Andrew Luck, who uh, we tried to fix when when Ballard came in, but it was too little too late because he was already so hurt. Well, you know what else you guys did not manage properly is the backup running back position. Uh, I do agree with that. Uh, Trading Naheem Hines away, especially with... I'm not taking anything away from JT. He's a great player. He's probably the best running back in the league when he's healthy. But this but season, playing well this year. This season has been a struggle. Uh, it's been a struggle when he's been on the field getting that production, and it's been a struggle keeping him on the field. Yeah. Uh, so then you trade away Naheem Hines, who is a really good running back. Yeah. Uh, and favor for Dion Jackson, some kid who. I had never heard of. I don't think you had ever heard of going into the season. And I had shown flashes, but this game against the Patriots, which uh, I don't know if we talked about the score, but Patriots won 26-3. We don't have to talk about it. Uh, Sam Ellinger led your team in rushing. Yep. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Sam Ellinger had 139 total yards. Yep. And he led your team in rushing. It's pretty bad. Uh, Deion Jackson having 11 carries for 23 yards. Yeah. That is a 2.1 average. Yeah. That's not what you want to see. Nope. Uh, and when going back to the quarterback, you guys are playing the Patriots. It's very damning to me uh, from looking at judging the front office that the Patriots were able to get more potential out of a sixth-round quarterback this year than you guys have been able to find in the last three years at that position. You know Bailey Zappi didn't play, right? Last Against the Colts? Yeah. Yeah. Mac Jones played. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, the promise. At the position of quarterback? Yeah. I mean, we haven't drafted a quarterback outside of Sam Ellinger, and we've had well, Sam no, Ellinger no, no, show no, no, a lot no. of promise. You had, you had that other kid from... Uh, no, Jacob Eason. He doesn't count. 
Why not? Why doesn't he count? count? Just bring back Curtis Painter, bro. Definitely not. Uh, But no, I think we, like, Sam Ellinger has shown plenty of promise. This was his worst game, really his only bad game. I mean, he hasn't had a phenomenal game, but this was really his only bad game this season. Yeah, I just, like, something else that we need to talk about when it comes to the Colts in the future is that uh, what we thought was the best offensive line has not been playing like it, and that's probably one of the biggest root issues with this team. I mean, the Patriots... The Patriots always have a good defense, yes. But this Patriots team is not as good as Patriots teams we've seen in the past. I think that's very clear to anyone. There's a problem when your offensive line gives up three sacks to two other players on a good but not great defense. I don't... We we gave up nine sacks. Yeah, but six of them were between two players. Oh, 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 I see. Yeah, that's... I see. Like, but yeah, man, I no, I couldn't agree with you more. Our offensive line has been like gone from like a top two, top three offensive line in the National Football League yeah. to like a bottom five offensive line in the league. Uh, a, whether it's Matt Ryan or Sam Ellinger, DBs are getting to the quarterback, knocking them down, causing turnovers, making us lose massive amounts of yardage every single week, and you cannot can not allow nine sacks in a game. I don't know what it is. One of our best offensive linemen retired uh, last year, but even still, man, it's it's a big, big issue. I don't get it, and I definitely don't love it. I don't know what's going on, but it's annoying. Before we move on to fantasy trends, let me ask you this. Yeah. Going a bit off script here. Who do you think should be panicking the most of these of these games? That we talked about. The Bills losing to the Jets. The Packers losing to the Lions. Or the Colts losing to the Patriots. Definitely not the Bills. Let's be okay. honest. I'm just, I, was just, I was just throwing that out there in case yeah, you were feeling no. spicy. One bad game. Definitely not the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen didn't play great. Everyone has a, has a game where they don't play great. Um, I think the Bills are fine. Let's not let's not worry about the Bills. This sure? needs to happen more than once for it to okay. be an issue or to cause panic. Okay. Um, I don't think the Colts had as big expectations on them than the Packers did. The Colts are not sitting on a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. The, but Colts, the Colts were are not a hot pick to win their division going into the year. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But the Colts were not like we're not talking at the beginning of the season. We weren't talking about the Colts like. Oh my gosh, the, like their window is closing. This is their year to win the Super Bowl, right? Like no right. one was talking about the Colts like that. Whereas the Packers, like the Colts are disappointing. Yes, hundred percent. Not saying they're not, but I think the Packers are like significantly more disappointing. And at least the Colts have had good games offensively. That's fair. The Packers haven't. At least the Colts have had good games defensively. The Packers really have it. I mean, this one against Detroit wasn't bad. But, like, I just I, – I think the Colts have at least shown more possibility. Possibility? Like, possibility to be good. Like, potential. You mean promise? Okay. Potential or promise, I guess. Um, and really, really not. Words. But I just think both teams, as disappointing as they've been, and really the lack of promise that both teams mm-hmm. have shown – I think are both pretty high. I just think 
like the bar for the Packers was at ten, the bar for the the Colts was at seven. Okay. And so while they're both playing like a two, I think the biggest disappointment and the bigger reason to panic would be if you're a Packer fan. Okay. Okay. So snap judgment. Bigger disappointment. The Packers this season or Fast Nine? I definitely definitely the Packers. I enjoy Fast Nine. Okay. Okay. Spicy opinion. Yeah. But I like a lot of bad movies. But I, well, and yeah. I'll say this. I'll say this. You you the question you asked was who should be panicking more. Yeah. Um. I. I think the Packers have been a bigger disappointment, but I think if one of these two teams is going to turn it around and make a run for the playoffs, it's going to be the Packers. So I think the Colts should be panicking more. The Packers do have a elite defense when they play up to it. Yeah. But that's the big thing. But moving on to fantasy, fantasy talk. You want to start with our risers or our fallers? Uh, let's, let's get the negative out of the way. Let's right. start with the followers. All right. Well, let me tell you, uh, my first name is kind of tied to our last conversation. It's Aaron Rodgers. Mm, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, he's, he's already thrown the most picks he's thrown in a season since 2016 this year. And it's week nine. It is week. Well, wait. Well, now it's week 10. Yeah. This week was week nine. Uh, but I think... I don't think there's a whole lot that really needs to be said. This is the worst wide receiver group Rodgers has probably had in his entire career, and it is showing. Yeah. Uh, There is a lot of reason to, from a fantasy perspective, not believe in Aaron Rodgers because, like we alluded to, if this team is going to make a run, it's probably going to be on their defense's back. Yeah. As opposed to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. No, I agree. My my first player turning down is uh, also a guy we just talked about. Deion Jackson. Um, this was his first shot at RB1. Last time, last game. Good. Last game. Last game. Last game. Last game, Jonathan Taylor was hurt. Naheem Hines was still here, and he was the RB1. Granted, he got hurt uh, in the first drive of the game. Uh, but he. this was his first real chance to be the hero, and not only did he not look like an uh, RB1, he didn't even look like an RB2. And so uh, a lot of people dropped Deion Jackson this week yeah, after picking like a, him up after the 99 trade. He looked like a practice squad player yeah. last week. But uh, let me just tell you, the next two names are kind of, they're, they're on this list, but it's kind of unfair. But they're on the list for a reason. Uh, name number two, Rashad Bateman. Hmm. Uh, wide receiver, Baltimore. Isn't he hurt? He is hurt. Uh, and that is the... That is that's why that's what I was getting at. Where it's it's not really fair that they're on here, but they are. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, Rashad Bateman, and I, let me tell you, I hate this for Rashad Bateman, not just for fantasy, because like obviously he's on IR and he him coming back this season looks extremely unlikely. But I hate this for him as a milestone in his career. This was his first season to really step up as a number one threat that the Ravens wanted him to be when they drafted him. Granted, it's his second year. But there's no Hollywood Brown this year. This is his year. He missed the majority of last year with injury. He comes in this game, plays really good to start. A little inconsistent, but you can kind of mark, like put an asterisk down on this year where it's like actually his rookie year. Yeah. And then he gets hurt again. And you just hate it for him. Yeah. And I'm sure the Ravens, while probably not wanting to ask this question out loud, I'm sure quietly across their head, they're asking, did we just draft a very injury-prone wide receiver? 
Because two seasons, he's missed at least like half of the season. 14 games total yeah. out of a possible 26. That's not great. Yeah, man. Uh, I agree. I like Rashad Bateman. I think he's got so he's had so many flashes. He's got of, he's got all the potential in of the this world. potential to be a great wide receiver, and that is exactly what Baltimore needs. I'm gonna I say think. something. I'm I'm gonna say something bold. Rashad Bateman has the potential to be the best wide receiver Baltimore has had since they had prime Anquan Bolden. I mean, yeah, but see, but that's what I'm saying is like he has the potential to be exactly what Baltimore needs. And if he did that, not only would he be, I think, one of the better wide receivers in the National Football League, he would be beloved by the Baltimore faithful. And um, I just think it is super, Free super crab sad. crab kicks for life, bro. Yeah. But no, I, I think it's really, really sad. I feel bad for him because um, that, like, when a player comes back from injury and then just doesn't play as well, that's sad, right? Yeah. But... When a player never when gets he, a chance to get going. When he shows what he can do and then just never has a chance to keep putting it out there, like, we never know. And yeah. that, at least we knew with him. He he got injured, came back, it wasn't there. We don't know with Rashad Bateman, and if we never get a chance, that's going to be a real, real sad talent not able to be shown off. And I hope he comes back better than ever. I hope they finally fix him up. Modern medicine t- today is insane. So, it is. It is. Um, you know, uh, but hopefully you something know, can you happen. you got to rehab correctly. Yeah. That's what they say. Is that what they say? Yep. Oh. Uh, the second player on my list trending down is Chase Claypool. And this is... That's a kind of weird pick. Real weird. He just went to a team that, that doesn't have a lot of good... Yeah. That needs wide receiver. wide receiver help. And they Justin have, Fields just had, like, the greatest game of his career. Yeah, granted, granted. that was breaking a rushing record for quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah but, but, I mean, it's, uh, hey, ball don't lie. Yeah, but sure. Like, I, I don't, like, Darnell Mooney is a wide receiver three, and he's their wide receiver one. Chase Claypool going over there, to me, means he's immediately going to be wide receiver one. Yeah. Uh, but according to uh, fantasy leagues across, like, ESPN, Yahoo, and Sleeper, he's being dropped like flies. Mm. Wow. Uh, my first, my 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 biggest name or my number one name on my followers list uh, makes more sense than Claypool being on the followers list, and that's Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. Uh, I I cringed and turned. Let me tell you something real quick. Uh, two of my three names on my fantasy followers are players that I have on my dynasty league team. Uh, that sucks. Yeah, that kind of hurt writing. But I, while this is not fair to Dobbs because he did get hurt, uh, drops have been a bit of an issue this year. Yeah. And while that, is, like, you don't expect a rookie wide receiver to be perfect, that with the combination of him getting hurt and what we would expect is Green Bay making a move for wide receiver this off season. I'm I'm starting to have concerns. Yeah. No. I. I definitely think Romeo Dobbs has not lived up to what he was meant to be. Dude, I traded um, DeAndre Hopkins for Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. That was pretty daggum dumb. I, I, I was on the hype train, dude. It's a dynasty league, so like maybe it will age better. But I, don't look at me like that. Based off what we've seen with Romeo Dobbs, I doubt that. But um, Don't look at me like that. I get why people are dropping him. He's hurt. And even when he was playing, he wasn't playing well. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. 
my number one name, guy on the top of my list, is uh, Naheem Hines, which again doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. Uh, he was just traded to a team whose RB one isn't very good, and like I, again, I'm not necessarily saying Naheem Hines should be like a top 15 RB one, but I think he's good enough to be a starter in this league. I think he's better than Devin Singletary. Uh, Absolutely. I think he adds a potential in the pass game as well. Uh, and they only they only kicked to him once, and they only threw the ball to him once. And so I think it's a little odd that people are dropping Naeem Hines. It's not like it's his fault he wasn't used. Um, I think once he's able to get used to the playbook, and once Buffalo is able to get used to him and he's able to get used to Buffalo, I really believe that he's going to be a good player for them. So doesn't make sense, but numbers don't lie, and he is getting dropped. Yeah, so on to the positive, bro. I got three risers for you. Same. My first riser, or the first one I'm going to talk about, is actually Darnell Mooney, a player we just talked about briefly. Uh, He had a horrendous first three weeks of the season. Since then, though, he has been averaging 63 yards a game, which is not bad. Obviously, you want a little more from your number one wide receiver, but like we talked about, he's not really skill-wise a number one wide receiver, but he's being pushed into this position. Yes, he's only scored one touchdown this year, uh, and that is a cause for concern, but with the addition of Claypool, I see more looks possibly being opened up due to the fact that the Bears actually have another wide receiver who can make a play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe that's why Chase Claypool is dropping. Maybe people are thinking Claypool's going to come and they're going to draw the attention away from Mooney, so uh, Mooney will be able to shine. I don't know, but, I mean, good for Mooney, I guess. (laughs) Uh, My number one guy is Isaiah Likely. Uh, Tight end for... That was a likely submission on your risers. Baltimore had a couple of really good did you games. I did. I did. Are you sure? I did. It's because his name is likely. Yeah. Likely meaning probable. Yes, I understand. You get it? 100%. Are you sure? I can explain it again if you need to. Actually, I need you to, yeah. Okay, so likely. Yeah. The origin of the word is like. Yeah. Lee. Yeah. Like someone named Lee, right? <laughs> Uh, and it means that it is uh, it has great <laughs> chance of occurring. Uh, it means that uh, it is the opposite of unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah. Lee unlikely. Like Rockley. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The 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 power of youth. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I have I have Isaiah Likely. Uh, been playing really well the past couple weeks. Um. Mark Andrews missing some time obviously helps this guy out. And so uh, he is number one on, uh, or I guess number three on my list. Okay. Uh, number two on my list is Garrett Wilson. Uh, rookie wide receiver game. in the Jets. Yeah, he's actually had a, he's had a really big last two weeks against two pretty good defenses, Buffalo and New England. Like we were, yeah. like that, I'm. He has a same. He has the same problem as Darnell Mooney, where he's only scored in one game this year. But if he can find the end zone a little bit more, the Jets might have something there. Yeah. No, I mean a lot of the pieces over the last couple of years that the Jets have signed and drafted uh, are aging like a fine wine. Yeah, showing up really, really good. Uh, that we they were talked about as having probably the best draft uh, in the entire league in March, uh, but then. It's really looking like that to be true. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys you draft, they come in, they don't play well. But man, he is he is one of the many over there in New York that's playing pretty well. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, they've, they've, they, New York is threatening, which is something we're not used to. Not even a little bit. Um, second on my list uh, is also from Baltimore, Devin Duvernay. Okay. Uh, Devin Duvernay, again, with the injury to Rashad Bateman, uh, has been playing really well the last couple weeks. Lamar Jackson has been finding favor. Uh, every single week, it seems like he tries to get better uh, and does. Every single week, whether it be a, a quick little rush, whether it be a couple of passes, whatever it is, Devin Duvernay is looking really, really good, and uh, people are adding him to their lists. Yeah, I think that's a good name, a good safe name, Tad. I Um, have one that's kind of been flying under the radar. You know this name if you're a really big fantasy football nerd. Cade Otten, tight end for Tampa Bay. Uh, Since Kyle Rudolph got hurt, he's really stepped up into the offensive game plan, and he's starting to push Cameron Brait out of that temporary starting position. And uh, since... Rudolph's injury that we just or that I just mentioned, he has been averaging eighty five percent of offensive snaps the last three weeks. I hate Cade Otten. Who? I hate Cade Otten. I can't imagine why you might hate Cade Otten. Could because it be that someone put him. I was on playing there? some idiot in fantasy this week. Sounds like you were playing. And some I was genius. supposed to beat him all Sunday. Yeah. Early hour, I'm supposed to win. Yeah. Middle hour, I'm supposed to win. Mm-hmm. And then some doofus named Kate Otten catches a couple balls and gets a touchdown, and suddenly I'm losing this week in fantasy. Sounds like a... Uh, was that supposed to be your first win? Maybe. Just maybe? Go ahead, tell the people. Kate Otten is doing really well yeah. in Tampa Bay. Uh, seeming like a guy who's going to be good in the future. Cameron Brate's not getting any younger. Kyle Rudolph is definitely not getting any younger. No, so he is not. Let um, me tell you, though. Kate Otten saved my team from a loss, and he could save your team from a loss. Well, not yours, David, but, you know, our listeners. If you hear a loud bang, it's me throwing this microphone at Thomas's face. Hey, that's not the new one, so. I mean, it's still pretty new. I mean. Anyway. Um, my number one guy is, uh, was added in fantasy football since Sunday's game. Okay. 29,000 times. Is that a lot? Actually closer to 29,500. The entire population of Montana. Bigger than the population of Montana. Is it? I don't know. Just taking a guess. (laughs) Anyway. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields, uh, similar to Darnell Mooney, did not have a good first three weeks of the season. But since then has been playing really, really good football. Uh, Justin Fields has been a big fantasy scorer, especially uh, coming in to, or coming out running the ball, coming out passing pretty well, a lot better than he had been originally. And so uh, Justin Fields has been added like a madman this week. Again, 29,500 times so let me just tell you something in case you don't know justin fields from chicago sneakily like lamar jackson the big difference is that while lamar jackson is, has more of an accurate arm fields has more of a cannon and if once chicago finds some talent to put around like if if Tyreek Hill was in Chicago, we would be having a much different conversation about Justin Fields this yeah. season. 
Uh, Chicago needs to find their Tyreek Hill. They need to find the proper way to nurture Justin Fields because Justin Fields has the potential to be elite. Yeah, I, I agree. I like Justin Fields a lot. Um, I've liked Justin Fields since he came out, and boy, was he making it hard for me to believe in him, mm-hmm. uh, even, again, to start this season. Uh, but he's it's finally looking like he can be a good guy, especially if – uh, Eberflus and the guys over there in Chicago can put a couple of weapons around him. Uh, I think this is a very touchy case. And this is very, very, very much a case of if you handle it right, mm-hmm. you could have something. And if you handle it poorly, you'll be drafting another quarterback in two years. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I think it depends on how Chicago handles it. They don't have a great history of handling it well. Hopefully, it'll be different this time. Okay. And uh, last thing, getting into, Frank Reich, former head coach of the Colts. Yeah, some breaking news that came out today. Uh, Frank Reich, after coaching the Indianapolis Colts through a very, very, very disappointing season, has been officially fired from the Indianapolis Colts. And... uh, I got to be honest, I'm a little torn on how I feel about it. Yeah. Care to elaborate? Well, let me ask you this before you elaborate. How bad of a job do you have to do to be fired and replaced by someone who has zero head coaching experience? Yeah, we'll get to that. In a <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I am very torn again because, like, we have done a lot of good with Frank Reich. Right. Like, Philip Rivers' season in Indianapolis was one of the better seasons of his career. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor has been incredible. Him working with Chris Ballard has put some really good pieces on this team. But, on the other hand, we lose guys like Matt Eberflus, who was our defensive coordinator, a couple years ago, we lose guys like Nick Sirianni, who was our offensive coordinator. And all these things that were seemingly Frank Reich, it's looking more and more like they were our DC and our OC. And so, on one hand, I can't ignore the good that has happened in the Colts organization since Frank Reich has been there. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I can't ignore the signs that maybe it wasn't Frank, it was these other guys. Uh, and this season, man... This season has been horrific to watch as an Indianapolis Colts fan. So I think ultimately I'm happy. It sucks for Frank. Like I'm not happy that this guy lost his job, like whatever. I'm happy that the Colts are moving in a different direction. Hopefully going to get, uh, when you all fire Mike Tomlin, hopefully we'll, we'll hire, uh, Tomlin. Um, (laughs) I would not hold your breath on that one. I do agree though, that the replacement made was absurd so if you didn't know uh after shortly after like a few minutes after the announcement that frank reich was fired uh it wasn't a few minutes it was like it was like an hour or so uh it was announced that jeff saturday Mm -hmm. notoriously great center um just snap the ball jeff uh the the quote from peyton manning but uh great great center in the ring of honor for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, great, fantastic, amazing center. Really, really good on TV. Piercing blue eyes. 
love the guy, uh, has been hired as our head coach. Would you like to know the extent of his coaching experience? I I already know it, but I'm sure our listeners would love to hear about it. He has a sub-500 record coaching high school football. So that means he's lost more than he's won? That's exactly what it means. So what else? Surely he had to have something like an offensive coordinator position or something before being made a head coach in the NFL. Literally the only coach since 1950 to be hired as an interim head coach without a single bit of NFL or college experience coaching. Usually when we hear a stat like that, it's really cool. Yeah. Not this time. Not this time. I, but. I, I will say I'm also torn on this um, because I, I was pissed at first. But then okay. I was listening to the Pat McAfee show. Great job. Uh, like I do every day. And Pat, being a former player, has connections to a lot of former players that obviously I, who, believe it or not, was never in the NFL. Really? Um, I know it's surprising. I'm built That's like, like 80% of lineman. the reason why I chose you to be um, my co-host. <laughs> I know I'm built like an O-lineman, right? I eat like one, that's for sure. But anyway, um, I was listening to Pat McAfee, and he was talking about like text messages that he received from players. And these players were like, listen, man. The the coaching tree is so bureaucratic. You have to do this and then 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 you can be a coach. That's why so many former players have absolutely zero interest in coaching. It's because they don't want to go the from politics. being this Hall of Fame player to a equipment manager for a college team just to work their way up to offensive coordinator right. in the NFL. Right. They've already got their money. And so a lot of people have said to Pat, and he said on the show, that um, we know Jeff knows football. Jeff is one of the greatest centers to ever play football. Jeff is a Hall of Famer. Jeff is uh, a Super Bowl champion. He played with the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Sorry, I wasn't saying that to like try to say Peyton's better than Tom. I don't want to start an argument. But anyway, um, Jeff knows football. And so why do we have to wait for him to go through all the bureaucratic nonsense to finally get up and get a shot? Give him a shot. It's interim. We have three wins this season. Let him do the season. See how well he does. Um, and I get that. I hear that. I do. Uh, I'm happy for Jeff. I hope he does a great job, obviously. I hope anyone we hire does a good job. And he does know a lot about football. And he's an offensive lineman, a goaded offensive lineman, and our offensive line freaking sucks. So, you know, hopefully that'll do good. Uh, But ultimately, man, I, again, with how bad the season is, with how inconsistent the Titans have been, It's not unreasonable to think that we could possibly maybe have a shot at the division still. Uh, And so I would have loved to get a guy who has won football. I would have loved to give Bruce Arians... A lightning rod. I would have loved to give Bruce Arians a phone call and say, Hey, can you do what you did for us when when Frank got... Or uh, when Chuck went away to do chemotherapy? Yeah. Like, can you come in and shoot a spark into our team? Before calling a guy who's never coached a game of football. And and so, I don't know, man. I'm I'm pretty upset about it. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong. I would love to be, but... Well, um, uh, I know, like you just said, you would probably prefer that they called on Bruce Arians or someone with some experience, but let me call on someone yeah. 
let me call on our wonderful listeners to leave a leave a little five star review. Let me call on our listeners to. I mean, you 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 deserve it. Yeah, you do. After making it to the end of another episode. I mean, I don't know how you make it so far. All the time. Every week. Three times a week. But we appreciate you for it. Wow. 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 Listen. Are you listening? I... Yes. I don't know about you. I don't know where you're going. I don't know who you're going there with. I don't know what you're planning to do. Hopefully something fun. If you've eaten today. Uh, if you haven't, though, let me tell you, it is 9.51 right now, you and you should something. definitely eat something. Yeah. But, regardless, I don't know about you, but uh, we're, we're just, just here so we don't get fined. Get fined.